This is the Floorball Guru Podcast, episode 87. Welcome back to the Floorball Guru Podcast. Uh, it's been a little while, maybe a couple weeks at this point, since our last episode, and a lot has changed in that time frame that kind of puts us back to where we were in March. So in the fall, thankfully, we were able to run a safe and successful uh, class program. So we were able to actually get back on the court and teach. And things did look a little bit different. Um, but one of the things I love about floorball and teaching it and playing it is how adaptive it is. And the way that we structured it was not a, not totally different from our normal programming, but it was... You know, we had distancing when we needed to. Every kid always has their own stick and a ball. And, uh, you know, we were still able to do what we needed to, but everybody had masks on. And we had no issues. We had hand sanitizer. We communicated with parents as far as COVID guidelines and had a ton of space, thankfully, to get out and, and program and play. And one of the biggest things that came up across the board was just the notion of how desperate these kids and parents are to do stuff, whatever it is. And we had a number of kids who'd never been into the program show up. I had a a slew of other people that wanted to play, but couldn't because of other commitments and wanted to do stuff. And we were actually planning to do uh, a league, a short, like two days league, um, just to compete and play and offer something in December, but that got shut down when our governor decided we were uh, not able to do uh, sports indoors uh, for a month. And we actually would have been starting tomorrow on December 5th, and we would have easily had about 25 to 30 kids, adults, potentially even more, just playing three-on-three, four-on-four kind of a setup, just having fun. Um, And it's... It's a bummer that we had to stop that. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense in my mind that given COVID guidelines, that we, there isn't anything that can be potentially done uh, to just recreate. And, and even for my day job, I went from running a 40,000 square foot facility, no issues, no cases, no cases linked to anything, to every f- fitness facility being shut down in our state um, again, for, for, for COVID, uh, precautions as things have started, as cases have continued to rise and escalate to some degree in in our area. And it's hard not to be frustrated. It's hard not to be, um, a little bit distraught as, as you're trying to balance COVID guidelines with keeping people safe with kind of all the other things and the the importance of offering things for people to do because we can't just continue to sit at home. And what is that going to do in the long term to uh, sports and youth sports in general? We've talked about this quite a bit where the landscape has changed and will continue to change despite people fighting it. Uh, You're always going to have those people that are focused on, we got to travel, we got to do you know, nationwide tournaments and this and that, instead of focusing on why not just focus on locally and regionally? Why do I need to drive or fly six hours, 10 hours, 12 hours to compete against something? And yeah, you may argue that, 
we need to do it to improve the level of play. Uh, but in reality, a lot of people have lost jobs. A lot of people are scared or less uh, are concerned about travel. And I think in the long term, as we move forward, we're going to see more people focusing on what can I do locally? And I think they're just going to worry about less about, you know, that next level and more about what's my or my child's overall sense of health and well-being. And if that health and well-being is just playing, regardless of what level it is, but just actually playing and engaging with other other uh, players and kids and coaches and, and having that experience, if that's the key and the core, I think we're going to see that shift back in the next couple of years, uh, even with a vaccine and, and some of this other stuff. I don't foresee it personally, and I'm not a medical expert, but I don't foresee a lot of this changing rapidly enough that leagues and some of this other stuff can uh, can continue to push uh, the agenda or the the notion that that's where kids need to be and i i don't know what to you know i don't know what the next step is and right now as much as i want to plan and prepare uh, i can't because all the facilities that i use are likely to be shut down until summer if not next fall uh, because i utilize the schools and our schools are not open uh, my kids i'm at home with my kids during the day doing teaching and then i go to work till nine or ten o'clock at night and do all the other things that i'm trying to do and i don't foresee that changing a whole lot in the near future uh, if we're able to get back to some semblance of uh, being able to do youth sports in particular i don't see that happening until february march uh, if we're lucky, and a lot of that is where we're at, our cases are are growing, and then we have Thanksgiving, which I, I think there's a potential that that's going to grow. Then you have Christmas, and, and then New Year's, and people are just tired, and they, they want to be around people, they want to celebrate, they want to have those experiences, uh, right or wrong, whatever. And I think really we're, we're going to see restrictions all the way into February, if not later. And that's, that's going to that's gonna be challenging. So because... As much as people try to push the, we'll just go virtual, we'll do Zoom training, and we'll do Zoom lessons and Zoom workouts and this and stuff, it clearly, and nobody can argue that it, that it, that it uh, is more effective than being in person, but I think most people are just done with that mentality, that, that motion. I know I am and my kids are. And so what do we do? How, how do we continue to push forward in growing our program? Uh, I don't know. Um, that's probably the bigger frustration and stressor is we were growing, getting a lot of kids involved. This year was going to be a banner year. It started off really well, January, February, and then COVID hit. And we're, again, thankfully able to do something in February or in, in the fall. And it was great. It was, for me, if anything, it was something to look forward to and something to, to see kids and have fun and teach and see them grow, see them get better. And I mean, that's why I teach. That's why I do it. And it's just the, my medium right now, what I've, I've particularly latched onto is, is floorball. I was a coach doing soccer. I've done basketball, baseball, you name it. I've, I've done a lot of different things. And the biggest part it comes back to is, is providing those opportunities so we're going to have to get creative here as we move forward. Um, is it a matter of, well, we can't do it outdoor, indoors, but can we do it outdoors? Can we do it safely outdoors? 
are there opportunities and locations and buildings and things like that to do uh, programming in different spaces just to offer something again following all the same protocols and guidelines uh, that we've done I think so it's just what does that look like and, and I don't know and and not only that will people show up it, it, it's in Washington we get snow but mostly we get rain on the west on the west side in Olympia so do kids is it worth a parent paying 30 25 30 bucks 40 bucks to have their kids show up for a couple weeks and train outside is that worth their time and money um, and that's a hard call, especially right now when a lot of people have lost jobs, you continue to lose jobs, you're kind of flipping from we're open, we're not open, unemployment, kind of all these other factors. And so it's hard not to pump the brakes a little bit and, and say, you know, what is that next step and, and be mindful of it. And that's where a lot of my programs have been focused on the low cost. Yeah, we could be charging $75 to $100 for programming, but depending on what it is, we don't. And we actually pulled back on some of that stuff to create a more uh, cost-effective option for people because I think if we can get them in and we can hook them, they're going to be around for a while. And as we start to, to grow and build and things like that, again, exponentially, the costs do increase to some degree. But again, you're talking other add-on features that are just part of the process that make the game better whether it's pay we got to pay refs so we got to charge more we got to rent a bigger facility so we got to charge more you know all these other things down the line but the key is can we get them interested now so that when things do start to open up they've kind of shifted their mentality and said i actually really prefer this this is more fun it's more cost effective so on and so forth it's kind of the mentality looking as we kind of move into 2021 so I don't know what's going to happen. It's, this is definitely a crazy time. Uh, I've been saying that a lot, especially on the, on the podcast. But um, I am encouraged to some degree as we move forward. Again, things don't last forever. It's just, a, it's just a matter of time as we push forward. So if you are interested in starting a program you, or you have started a program and you're looking for some ideas or support, check out the podcast, check out my website. Feel free to send me a message. Uh, on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. I'd love to, to, to help and do what I can. So if anything, I hope you are uh, safe and healthy. I hope you are doing well with yourself and your family and, and anybody that you know. And uh, more importantly, keep floorballing.